taking a day off and resting, which we all need that day of rest. So, man, big shout out to Bobby Eaton. Uh, today, man, we have a very special guest with us here today. I am so proud, like, so happy to sit with her. Like, it's this lady. Her name is Stacey Abrams. She's done some great work within the community. So we are sitting with our Tulsa's Oklahoma's, well, Oklahoma's Stacey Abrams, but she's making a name for herself. We have Miss Alicia Andrews. How are you today? I'm great, Ramal. Hi, Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your day? Everything You good? know, it was a long day, but mm-hmm. it was a productive day. <laughs> oh, that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. So uh, 2021. So, so tell us a little bit about your role and how you help the community. What do you do? So I am the state chair of the Oklahoma Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So I am kind of over the Democratic Party for the state. I was, you know, I started out in Tulsa as a secretary and I've moved on and so I run the state organization and I work with all the different counties and mm-hmm. registering folks, uh, recruiting candidates and just trying to make sure that the Democratic message gets out there. What is the Democratic message? So the Democratic platform is that we believe that a rising, ti- uh, rising tide rises all ships. And mm-hmm. so we care about other people, a livable wage, access to health care, access to quality education, um, criminal justice reform, mm-hmm. um, a livable wage, those kinds of things that <clears throat> will make your just your life, just basic living better. Sure, sure. So why is it that you decided to join the Democratic Party instead of the Republic Party? Like, why did you choose that pathway? It's funny. So my parents are Democrats. And most of us, I think, when we're 18, we register like our parents. Mm-hmm. So I registered as a Democrat because my parents were. And then um, I went to college, got curious, asked around, you know, dabbled over here and there. And then when I realized what what the different parties stood for, Mm -hmm. the democratic platform still is, you know, who I am. I care about my fellow man and I hope my fellow man cares about me. I'm so glad that I have you here today because I have like so many questions that I think a lot of people will want to know and ask. Right. So 
Um, now that President Trump is uh, no longer in office, um, <laughs> he's no longer in office. You know, he's doing the thing. He's in, in Florida, Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago. And so, you know, there's a change. And you can tell just even just in general, the, the, the atmosphere is a change. You know, it's not as much division that's going out. So what was your take looking back at President Trump and his term in office? Like, tell me your personal perspective of his office, was it good, bad, ugly? Like, how do you personally feel about it? So, um, what I think is, it, it, as corny as it sounds, mm-hmm. our nation takes on the tenor of our leader. Mm-hmm. And he tapped into folks who thought that they were left behind. And don't even get me mm-hmm. started on mm-hmm. how they felt that they were left behind. But he mm-hmm. tapped into folks who thought that they were left behind. And then he just exploited that. Mm-hmm. So, it was, you know racist folks who didn't feel like nobody that anybody was listening to them they mm-hmm. felt like they were losing they were no longer going to be the majority and they were losing something mm-hmm. can't figure out what that something was but that they were losing something and he tapped into that and yeah. he exploited it yeah. for four years he just kept dividing the nation and being you know i'm for you and it, you know he kept othering folks yeah. and um it's hard to live when, with your neighbors when yeah. when you're viewed as an other, if you're viewing them as others. Yeah. And you're right. Um, on the 20th, literally, I don't know Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know Kamala Harris, but it just felt like a big lift. Yeah. You know, I, it's like a sense of calm because there's an adult in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> there, sure. There's somebody with a plan. I mean, he's telling you your plans calmly and right, he's right. Use, using the English language well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you just feel like, okay, okay. Yeah. We're going back to, yeah. you know, we're going back to, you know, plans and it's about all of America and maybe we can have peace again. Mm-hmm. Dude. OK, so I, and I say this to a couple of people, but I, I think that that Trump was nece- President Trump was necessary because it woke a lot of people up to what a lot of the community had been saying for a long time with the insurrection that happened. Um, you know, they were saying that, well, I mean, we were all talking about white supremacy and things that were happening within the community. But now I think we got a full picture like on TV video and you can see everything so i mean through that it it did tell a story of what people have been saying for some time now but what do you see that is happening within the 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 transition within the president trump and and president biden and the fact that now president trump is going up for impeachment like they are trying to impeach him to get him out of office like forever he has been impeached Yes. Yes, that is true. <laughs> he twice. has been impeached twice. So twice. they're not trying to impeach him. He has been impeached. Sure. Now they're trying to, you know, charge him and um, make sure that he can't be president again. And he doesn't have access to our, our national secrets. And he doesn't he's no longer getting paid in Secret Service and and all of those kinds of things, mm-hmm. because the reality is. You got to teach the lesson. Yeah. When he was impeached the first time, mm-hmm. literally the Republicans got up there and they all said, "Let's not dismiss him. Let's not, you know, separate him from his office because yeah. he's learned his lesson." Mm. And here we are a year later. Yeah. He didn't learn anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, there's maybe not a lesson for him to learn, mm-hmm. but we've got to show folks that you cannot incite an insurrection yeah. and just go on to Florida and go <laughs> and go chill somewhere <laughs> like. Uh. Kick my feet up. Yeah. yeah, there has to be consequences. There sure. has to be accountability. Sure, sure. I totally agree 100%. So uh, tell me this, um, you know, the day of the insurrection, like when it happened, what was your thoughts and how did you feel? So I was watching it live, mm-hmm. right? So I was watching and I was watching uh, folks get up there and um, promulgate the big lie, you know, 
on on the uh, Senate floor. It was Congress and the Senate in the room together, mm-hmm. but they were, you know, just spreading the big lie. Mm-hmm. And then we saw this lady being escorted out of uh, the Capitol bleeding. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, my God, what is happening? And then mm-hmm. then to watch, you know, as they ransacked the Capitol mm-hmm. and knowing that our elected officials were hiding, mm-hmm. you know, for their life, you know, it we saw it coming, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not that bad, but we saw, like you said, mm-hmm. we've seen this coming yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. I won't say that Trump was necessary. Okay. I, I, I okay. can't embrace sure, that. Sure, sure, right? sure. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I respect it. I respect I, it. I can't embrace that. But I we saw, it. we saw it getting worse and worse and more dangerous sure. and more uh, divided. Um, and it was shocking. And in the week, in the weeks since then, like seeing both sides of it, sure. you know, seeing both, you know, different camera angles and knowing that they stole Nancy Pelosi's mm-hmm. laptop and tried to sell it to Russia mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. It's we needed a wake up call yeah, because yeah. this was resident yeah. in our country. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it was resident. It, we knew that there were crazy, mm-hmm. you know, crazy yeah. people. Yeah. But this showed us exactly how crazy. <laughs> and I'm distressed by the fact that so many people from Oklahoma were there mm-hmm. and involved. Yeah. And so many people who are either current military or retired military were involved. Yeah. And that tells you that it permeated even folks who consider themselves to be patriots. Yeah, it's for sure. Scary. For sure. And the language, I, you know, I listen to the language that they talk, um, that the insurrectionists have been talking in different organizations, but talking about being a patriot. You know, mm-hmm. it's a different type of patriot. There's, a patriot of what? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I, that kind of, I, I listen to language and mm-hmm. how you communicate and things that happen like that. So um, the fact that it was people like, you know, police officers and people that worked in real estate, it really showed you the, the not diversity, but just the how, how different people feel a certain way in different ways. I was in all corners of our society. There you go. All corners of our society. There were preachers there. There were, you know, wealthy realtors. There were people who we know are getting the government check. Mm -hmm. There were police officers. It was all corners of society. um, Felt like they were being left behind. And that's a conversation we have to have. Mm, 100%. So, so I I wanted to ask you, you know, in particular about the impeachment trial that is going to happen. Am I saying that correctly? Mm -hmm. The impeachment trial. Mm -hmm. So, like explain the impeachment trial in a way to the things that are going to happen here soon. Like what? I mean, I think they delivered the actual. They were delivering it as I was driving over here. Okay. So they're they're delivering it today. They're not going to start the trial until mm-hmm. the week of the eighth. So sure. That's two weeks from today. So that gives the other side an opportunity to gather all of their mm-hmm. documents. You know, we all watch mm-hmm. Law and Order, mm-hmm. and so. <laughs> I am a lawyer through law and order now. Nope. Exactly. And so, but that, that is, so he has been impeached. So he okay. is already twice impeached. Sure. And so this isn't a test to see whether or not he's going to be impeached, sure. but this is, you know, are we going to ban him from running for office mm-hmm. again? And, mm-hmm. you know, the full on consequences and, you know, they're trying to say, well, he's not president again. So he's not president anymore. So let's not do this. Yeah. Yeah. He's not president anymore. So, you know, if we really care about unity, we'll just let him be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I say if you really care about unity, mm-hmm. you put your foot down. Right, right. True. You you put your foot down true. and say, yeah, no, no. Sedition has to be paid for. Oh, for sure. Because that was sedition. That was yeah. the true definition. We all learned that in yeah. high school or whatever, yeah. but we never thought we would live through it. Mm-hmm. True. Right. True. But it was true definition of sedition. And we've got to, you know, through the due process, mm-hmm. hear, hear the case. Yeah, because if they would ask me, which is probably why I'm not an impeachment manager, mm-hmm. he would have been impeached on a couple of more. T- 
charges. Other charges. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. inciting the riot isn't enough. He tried to steal the election. Mm. We have it on tape. Yeah, true. Right. That's interference with with election or something that I would have come up with another charge for it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because the inciting the riot is kind of mushy. Mm. They can maybe he can wiggle his way out of that one. I don't know how. Yeah. But Video. I'm not a real lawyer. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Low and <oil>. Exactly. <laughs> but but stealing the election. Yes. We have that on tape. True. We have that on tape and we have all of the court cases and all of those kinds of things, ways that he mm-hmm. tried to steal the election. Mm-hmm. And that's a crime. Yeah. Interfering with an election. That's what it's called. Interference with an election yeah. is, is a crime. I would have put that on the impeachment papers. Mm. But now they're going to try him and try to prove that he did incite the, incite the insurrection. Mm-hmm. And the other, guy, other side is going to say, no, no, he was just um, – you know, he was just being him. Yeah. And everybody yeah. has to take responsibility for their actions. Yeah. And um, I, what's the most important thing for me, even if they don't take away everything, they have to take away his access to our yeah. secrets. Yeah. Yeah. He and, owes half a billion dollars. And the day. True. That is so true. So the day of the insurrection, I don't know if it was the day of or the day after, but with Twitter and the platforms that, that he was on communicating, how how important do you think it is to take someone off like that off of like social media? Like, why is that important? Well, it's kind of funny. Take you off of social media, take me off of social media. Mm-hmm. It'll be inconvenient, but we will keep living our lives. Yeah. But it was absolutely how he was able to get folks to show up in DC on that mm-hmm. specific day. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely how he was able for the last five years, because it started when he started running to foment the dissatisfaction and the division mm-hmm. that got people angry enough that when he said come to town on the 6th that they came to town yeah i mean he fired people using twitter Mm. now he had a whole communication department he had a whole hr department maybe not called hr but you know he did yeah he didn't use any of that he used twitter yeah and it's important that they needed to take away his bully pulpit Mm -hmm. um so that we can go back um, maybe not back to normal, mm-hmm. but we can move forward in a way that's healing and a way that's productive. So, and, and another thing for me with, you know, with the social media platforms. And so now I think that, you know, some of the people that are part of these organizations, Proud Boys or whatever, you know, organization it is now they're looking to utilize another platform that nobody knows about now. Like par- I heard it was Parler and another app and some other ones. Like what? What do we do now? Like, <laughs> well, they will always. It's it's sort of like any kind of criminal behavior. Mm-hmm. For a little while, they're a little bit smarter than the system, mm. and the system catches up, and then they have to move, and the system catches up. Mm. You know, they were on Parler, um, and then <clears throat> Parler said, ah, "We're going to have to police ourselves because you guys are saying some crazy stuff." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now they've left Parler. But the good thing about, if I can call it a good thing, yeah. about uh, what happened on the sixth. There were some people who were just kind of tagging along, mm-hmm. the people who were still there but not fighting it, yeah. that some of them who were like full believers had to say, whoa, whoa, I didn't want to ruin the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they're not up. They're not looking for the next parlor. Mm-hmm. They're not looking mm-hmm. for the next OAN, QAnon, uh, chain, yeah. 4 chain. They're, yeah. they're not looking for that. They're, they're trying to separate themselves. And all over the country – Folks have been leaving, mm. not in enough numbers to make a difference, mm-hmm. but folks have been leaving the Republican Party because, you know, yeah, I was in there for Trump and I think Democrats suck, but I'm not trying to end the country. Yeah, so yeah. Some of those people have left. And I yeah. think that's a good thing. So and um, I mean, even speaking about that, like they 
I mean, the insurrectionists that now have went to jail and was waiting on President Trump to, well, I mean, uh, Trump to uh, to release them from jail to to give them, them. yeah, pardon them. So let's talk about that. Like going through that whole process and thinking that you know, going doing that for Trump that he was going to pardon them. How do you feel about that? I think it's ironic. Um, I'm sitting back. I know he wasn't going to pardon them Mm -hmm. because he's for him. Mm -hmm. He has been the entire time for him and mm-hmm. what he thinks works for him. Mm-hmm. And so pardoning them wasn't even part of his plan. Mm. He hopped on a plane early mm-hmm. and went to Mar-a-Lago where he's not supposed to be living. He went to Mar-a-Lago wow. and he ain't thinking about them. Yeah. I mean, he randomly, I mean, when you look at the list of people that he did pardon, mm-hmm. little Wayne for real. Yeah. Why, how did little Wayne get on his radar? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you yeah. pardoning Kwame Kilpatrick? who we know as a criminal, mm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So he had time that he could have pardoned that, that real, that realtor yeah. who asked him to, uh-huh. he could have pardoned um, the shaman. Yeah. 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 He, he knew who those people were yeah. and he, it's not that he chose not to, Yeah, he yeah. didn't care to. Yeah. And I yeah. think that, that that's a distinction, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Words are important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not that he chose not to, he just didn't care to. He didn't care to say, so, and so with, you know, QAnon and uh, Proud Boys and all these other organizations that gathered together. And now that they saw that they weren't going to be pardoned and it's more of following President Trump. We, um, how my thing is, like with with the Republican Party coming out and saying that the votes were stolen, you know, with, within the whole election and just continuing to talk about that and say that, like, how do you feel that that affects people, their minds and what they follow? So it truly is the big lie, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we call it. It is sure. the big lie. And, you know, if I were, if I were a Republican, I, I want to believe that I would be angry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because folks have known the truth all along. Mm-hmm. So the election wasn't stolen. It was a free and fair election. It was the most free and fair because we had to do so many different processes that we haven't ever done. And whenever you go back and do something new or you create something new, you're a little bit more detailed because you've done it before. Yeah, yeah. So it's our most fair election and the most amount of people who have ever shown up for democracy in America showed up mm-hmm. on um, November 3rd. Mm-hmm. It was the, And all the uh, Republican officials particularly the ones in Oklahoma, Mm. had to do was tell the truth. Mm. So when they started saying, well, they stole it. Well, no, they got more votes. Right. Well, they counted votes of dead people. No, they didn't. Mm -hmm. Here are 60 court cases that say that they didn't. Mm -hmm. They they, um, brought some in on a suitcase. Okay, yeah, we saw that. We ran the tape. No, they didn't. And instead of doing that, they kept letting them believe the lie. They kept feeding mm-hmm, the lie mm-hmm. because it kept them on their side. Yeah. If I were a Republican and I found out I had been lied to on that level, mm-hmm. I would absolutely change my voters' registration. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me ask you this: like with with the Democratic Party and the fact that you are just like a leader and a voice for the community at large, what would you say? I mean, even holding Democrats, you know, uh, accountable in a way to where, I mean, now President Biden and, um, and forgive me, I, I hear different names, but Kamala Harris, is that, am I saying? It's, yeah, it's Kamala, if that helps Kamala. you go for it. Yeah. Okay, Kamala Harris, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Um, you know, being in that position, do you feel that it's very important that even as Democrats that we just don't just kick our feet back up and just like, Oh, we good. But what, what are the steps and what are the things that we need to communicate to 
you know, those people that are in office right now. Kicking back is how we got Trump. Mm. Right. You know, we everybody fell in love with uh, President Obama and kind of chilled. Mm-hmm. Folks didn't show up for his second time. You know, not near as many people voted for his reelection mm-hmm. and, and folks chilled. Democrats laid back. And then this is what we got. Yeah. And so, no, we can't lay back. And we must hold um, uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris uh, accountable to the promises that they made. Right. They, they promised to invest in in uh, underrepresented communities. We got to make sure that they that they that wasn't just to get our vote. Yeah. We got to make sure that they do that. Yeah. Um, they promised to raise minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Well, they've done it for a little group. Now we got to make sure that they do it. Yeah. We we have to hold them account now. He's been president for five days. Mm-hmm. I've already seen the chatter where people are already mad and saying yeah. we've been played. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, five days. <laughs> on your job on five days, you're still going through orientation. You have a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. we can't lay back. Yeah. And we have to hold them accountable. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have to hold them accountable. And not yet. But eventually we have to give our neighbors who believed in the big lie, we have to give them a little bit of grace. Sure. Because if we believe in reconciliation and mm-hmm. we believe in uh, evolution, Mm-hmm. We have to let people learn yes. and then do better from yes. that. And yes. we can't yes. smack them around right. Right. because then wh- where's the incentive to learn? Right, right. I, and I came in contact with a guy who was like die hard at the time. And this was before the, the um, election even happened on, on um, in November. But he was die hard like Trump fan. And I guess he was thinking that, I'm, I mean, of course, you know, I kind of I think independently as well. You know, I just I, that's that's just the lane that I choose. But I try to make them make them think i mean because some people are so much in their box to where they don't understand the other side of where people live and they grew up and went to school here at a private school but you don't you can't really relate to the community at large do you see that happening a lot within the republican party and also the democratic party as well we, yeah we're all in our echo chamber mm-hmm. right we all we are all we talk to people who think like us because yeah. we don't want to hear sure. this other thing. And yes. I think that happens yeah. everywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, like your boy, when he left, had to yeah. tell me he was independent, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I wouldn't talk to him about Democrats. Right, right, right. So, you know, everybody just wants to hear the thing that they want to sure. hear. Yeah, 100%. Um, I have a life other than being the chair of the Oklahoma Democratic Party. Sure. So my Facebook feed, and yeah, I'm old enough that I'm all on Facebook. Yeah. I barely tweet. <laughs> um, but my Facebook is full of uh, Republican folks. Yeah. Full of independent folks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, everybody's like, I, I just silence them because I don't want to hear it. But they say a whole bunch of stuff I don't want to hear. Yeah. However, I can't know what they're mad about. I can't make sure that we are somehow above it or that we are mm-hmm. addressing those things mm-hmm. if I don't listen to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what they're thinking. Yes. I want to know. And, you know, and if they're my Facebook friends, chances yeah. are, because I don't. General, I'm just, not generic. I don't yeah, just, just anybody. I, anybody. Yeah. There's somebody I know, mm-hmm. somebody I've had mm-hmm. coffee mm-hmm. with, somebody, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I want to know how they think. Yeah. And I don't want to just shut myself yeah. off yeah. because I think that that's how we got the insurrection. Yeah, yeah. Those folks were yeah. only talking to folks like them. Yeah, yeah. You know, because if they'd have ventured out just a little bit, they yeah. would have heard reason. Yeah. They would have heard that vote has been counted six times now. Mm-hmm. You can't recount it and make it different. Right. That vote has been recounted. Right. It was not stolen. But they were in their echo chamber where somebody just kept telling them it was stolen. Yeah, yeah. We've got to get oh. out of our echo chambers yes. and, and hear. And and do you see that happening? Um, are people coming out of their echo chambers and really coming to? No. No? How do we get that? How do we do that, though? Like, what do you think? Well, like I said, in my life, I try to do that. Like, mm. everybody knows who I am. People, you know, they know that I am the chair of the Oklahoma Democratic mm-hmm. Party, and I take that seriously. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I have Republican friends who will text me, call me, no, reach out, no. and, and we talk about stuff. Yeah. You know, we don't agree on a whole bunch of sure, stuff, but, sure. but we, we talk about stuff, and they're not the devil. Yeah. <laughs> right? Not I'm mean. not the devil. So we, right. we just have to have those conversations, right. and it has – and mostly it's going to be one-on-one conversations with people mm-hmm. you know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to listen to random Republicans not trying to hear from Alicia. Right, right, yeah. Right, but it's people who Alicia no, knows that yeah. are listening to me. And I think that's the, that's the key is that, you know, utilizing your influence and the people that you know to help see their perspective. For me, it's, it's always let, allow the best idea to win or something that, you know, is progressing people to the next level. Um, and... You know, I, I drove by, it was on 51st. I don't know if this is a Republican uh, place, you know, the building there. And they had President Trump on the on the big building. Like, this is a great president. I'm like, Well, the like, Tulsa County GOP is, is, Tulsa housed, County. is housed in that building. There you go. Okay, yes. So yes. they're using their real estate to the best of their, of course. you know, um, yeah. it's nonsense. But they are, using, <laughs> they are using their real estate to the best of their ability, I guess. Have you ever been in that building? No, there's no reason for me to go there. Never, so, so like, I guess I have their phone. I have their phone number. You got their phone, phone number. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And has anybody from uh, the Tulsa GOP been to the Democratic House at all? Like where it is on. Okay. 31st. So I've not been part of the Tulsa apparatus sure, for sure. a couple okay, of years. Okay. Um, when I was there, mm-hmm. Republicans came in there all the time. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of times though, it was a husband driving his wife over there to pick up something. Ah, okay. Yeah. Somebody meeting their friend over there to pick up something. Yeah. Um, and nobody said, "Oh my God, you're a Republican, get out." Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you? you uh, no, no. No, you can't be in here. No, it, it wasn't that because yeah. in our yeah. real life we talk to people who That's aren't good. registered like we are, and we just got to remember that. And so, how do we overcome the people that may hear just different things? Just maybe just no, just lies, you know what I mean? And and run with them lies. And I came in because I came in contact with this guy. I was working as a security guard and he came up to me. He was like, hey, man, I got a guitar. Let me sing you a song about this mayor that's running for office. And it was just a weird encounter. And, and the mayor, I didn't necessarily the person that was running for office. I didn't necessarily agree with because of the rhetoric that he was continuing to say. And it was something in the, in the lines of QAnon and those other, you know, uh, entities but how do we change the minds? How do we have real conversation with those types? It people? doesn't say it's one on one. They're not going to hear it as a, sure. as a mask because sure. truly, how do you let somebody convince you mm-hmm. that Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey, Hillary Clinton, and Tom Hanks are kidnapping children to have sex with mm. them, and nobody can figure it out? Yeah. Sure. It's like if sure. you know about it, yeah. Surely the FBI can figure <laughs> yeah. it out, right? You know how? But they believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're being fed it, you know, adv- someone has to, somebody that they know, like, and trust has to mm-hmm. say to them. So you're saying mm-hmm. that Tom Hanks goes and kidnaps girls and has sex with them, and then he goes and makes a movie. Mm-hmm. And then he calls Oprah, and Oprah sells the kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to say that yeah. because that's what they, that is what QAnon is. Yeah, yeah. But they're just being fed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've fallen down the rabbit hole and just read it and it's like Oh man this is Dude. this is insane. Yeah. What? Yeah. But they believe it. Yeah. I mean, you saw pictures of the insurrection and there were those big yeah. Q flags. Yeah, yeah. In the White House with no mask on. I saw it all. You, you saw that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but but just like one on one conversations yeah. and, and I've had conversations with people um when um President Trump got COVID. Mm. 
I was at home minding my business. Mm-hmm. That morning when they said he was exposed, I put out a post. Mm. Please pray for our president. Yeah. Let's hope he doesn't have it. He, he, he's been in contact. That's all I said because mm-hmm. not a fan. Yeah, yeah. But he is a human being. Yeah, sure, sure. Three of my Republican friends said, um, "How I can't believe that you're not telling your your uh, Democrat friends to pray for the president." I was like, "What? <laughs> you know, I'm screenshotting." Yeah, what are you talking about a couple of hours ago, I said that. Yeah, they were like, "Well, you guys are evil." I'm like, "How? What? what what's happening? Yes, what's, what's happening?" Yeah. I said, "Pray for the president." Yeah, like, well, I didn't see it. You didn't say it as much as you would have said if it was like, what? <laughs> I said it before he yeah. was diagnosed. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the man to die. Yes, <laughs> I just yes. didn't want him to be president yes, anymore. Right, There's a difference. Right, I don't right, need him to die. Right. Um. And but I mean, I had several of my Republican friends reach out to me and mm. say, you know, what are you going to do about the president? I'm like, I already said my piece. Yeah. And that's truly all I have to yeah. do. Yeah. Say my little personal prayer. Right. Ask my prayer warriors to pray for me, and then yeah. I can walk away. Yeah. Cause yeah. I didn't go to medical school. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. <laughs> And and the fact that, you know, you, you did that, you continue to wish well on other people's lives, that kind of speaks to the other side. Like, what would you say? Then what would you say? You know what I mean? Like, what would what would be your response to that in your heart? Like, are you just mad? And I had to reach out to a friend today. Uh, he said something about Kamala Harris, um, that she was, oh, that she was a, um, uh, I can't think of the actual term, but that she was evil at the end of it all. And I'm like, okay, so you feel that way, but and we went to you know Bible college together, and he, was, I was like, are you at least praying for? And it just dead silence. I'm like, that's in the Bible, <laughs> yeah, like pray for, our leaders. pray for your leaders. You know, no matter who it is, you pray for your leader. And so it threw me off, and then somebody else came in the text, text chat and just like, oh man, I would never pray for her and all of that. I ignore them because I don't know them personally. So, but it's just like, you know, are you really stepping up and doing the things? If you are a devout Christian or your faith, are you following your faith to end the times today? You know what I mean? So that's a challenge. So and let's let's even speak on uh, white evangelicals because that's been a subject over the years, and and that to where. It blew my mind. Like after I saw that President uh, President Biden won, um, and seeing just different pastors just like lose it. You know what I'm saying? Like pastors, you thought you respected when you was little. Like, oh yeah, he's a man of faith. But talk about that. Let's talk about well, even- white it, evangelicals. It, it's, and yeah, and it is white evangelicals. It's mm-hmm. bizarre because, frankly, over the years, and and President Biden has been in the in politics for 47 years, so. You know, we have receipts on mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. You know, that man has been seen praying for folks. That man mm-hmm. has been in church, right? Mm-hmm. He, everybody knows that he's a Catholic. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there was something that happened, but everybody knows that he's a Catholic. Everybody knows that he leans into his faith. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, we have a person who says two Corinthians, mm-hmm. yeah. who, who tear gasses people so he can pose at a church, mm-hmm. who holds the Bible upside down, who falls asleep at a funeral, mm-hmm. who admits to having an affair while his wife was convalescing from childbirth paid for the affair and we pick that guy Mm -hmm. as the Christian Mm -hmm. and they need to let it go they need to quit they need to own that they're just hypocrites Mm -hmm. and they want who they want 
And you know what? You get to want who you want. That's how our system is set up. Yeah. But don't put it into your face. Mm-hmm. Because if you do, then I have to write you off as a hypocrite. Yeah. I have yeah. to write you off as a Pharisee yeah. because it's like he took the list of what it means to be a Christian mm-hmm. and checked it off doing just the opposite. Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to be faithful. Let me go cheat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to really uh, donate to charities. Let me cheat a charity. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, all of the things that we value as Christians. It's like he took a list, and that's who they're picking. Mm-hmm. Okay, pick that person. Yeah, but don't wrap it up in your face. Yeah, don't. Yeah. And if you're against Biden, don't wrap that up in your face yeah. either, because yeah. you're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Now, he may not worship the way I want, but clearly mm-hmm. he links into his faith and yeah. has. For the entire 47 years he's been on the national stage. Yeah. So, again, pick who you want to pick. Mm-hmm. Don't wrap it up in your face. Sure. Um, and I, I highlight white evangelicals because they are the most vocal. Mm-hmm. And we know that over the last 40 years, they've become more um, racist just seems not harsh enough. Mm-hmm. They've become more white nationalists mm-hmm. than followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother can of worms that yeah. we do not have time for. Today. <laughs> that's, that's that Sunday message y'all got to wait on <laughs> from Miss Alicia Andrews. She's joining us here uh, and she is doing such great work within the community. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of her work. And uh, just the fact that she you, you stood. Uh, ten toes down, I, and I respect this. Like you were the one in the rooms talking to other people, and the, the only woman of color, black woman that is out there, really sitting down and just really trying to progress the vote within Oklahoma. Why did you personally choose to take this route and to be that leader or that voice of that ear? So um, it had nothing to do with me being black, because mm-hmm. um, I'm black every day. Sure, it truly was. You know, I told you I registered as a Democrat, mm-hmm. um, and and then went around looking around and I'm a Democrat on purpose. Um, Oklahoma is not Democrat friendly. Mm. And so my vote kept feeling like it wasn't getting counted. Yeah. And I kept looking around. I mean, how I showed up being active in a democratic party was sitting at home mad, you Mm. know, what are the Democrats doing? I haven't seen the Republicans are doing this Republicans. I haven't seen got in my car Mm. and drove over to the Democrat office. And I was like, okay, um, uh, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do? Yeah. You know, and and I just kept showing up until they gave me something to do. Mm-hmm. I just kept showing up until they gave me something to do. And um, and I thought, OK, we're not an organization. We're just a bunch of individual people and, you know, building organizations and structuring things. That's what I'm what I think is one of my skills. Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah, I can lean that to the party. That's good. That's good. And so how long did it take you to get to the position that you are now? Like from the day one you started, like it was two, three years. Um, yeah. So I started showing up this time around because I tried before, mm-hmm. tried before, got discouraged. But this time around, I started showing up in December of 2016. Mm. Um, give me something to do. Give me something to do. Yeah. March of 2017, mm-hmm. they said, hey. You're organized enough. Would you be the secretary of Tulsa County? Nice. So that was an election. Won that election. Did that for two years. And while I was there, I saw kind of statewide things that I wanted mm-hmm. to fix. And so <clears throat> while I was still secretary, I started running for chair. Mm-hmm. And so I was elected as chair in uh, June of 2019. Wow. And so it, they're only two-year terms. 
yeah. on a two-year term. And so I am actually, I had a lot of stuff I wanted to get done. So I'm running for reelection mm-hmm. um, so I can serve through 2023 because there's some work to get done and I've laid kind of a foundation. So I'm continuing to run. Love it. I love everything that you're doing, man. And the fact that you are a fighter. I just love that. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a breather right here. If you have any questions, make sure you hit us up. Uh, 646-716-5525. Press that one button to go live, man. This is the Bobby Eaton show. Your boy, Ramada hometown. He filling in for my guy. All right. We got more music on the way. This right here is the whispers. Keep on loving me. You got to see this video too, man. All right. This is Bobby Eaton radio show. Thank you. 
Yo, it is the Bobby Eaton Show right here. Your boy Ramon on Hometown Heat. Again, welcome, welcome, welcome right here to the Bobby Eaton Show. Oh, y'all thought y'all was going to get one more whisper song. Nah, you ain't getting no more whisper right now, all right? We'll probably throw something in for you a little bit later. Uh, it's your boy Ramon on Hometown Heat sitting in right here for Bobby Eaton on the Bobby Eaton Show. Uh, I am here with Miss Alicia Andrews, and um, if if you could... Tell people your position and what you do and where you work here within the state. So I, um, Alicia Andrews, I'm the chair of the Oklahoma Democratic Party. So that means statewide, I am uh, the leader of the Democrats for Oklahoma. Every county has their own leader. Uh, every district has their leader, and then I'm the state leader. And what my role is is recruiting candidates, getting folks involved, registering folks to vote, making sure that the Democrat message is getting out there. One hundred percent. So, so one one question that I do have is, uh, why is it why is it so important for people to get involved in their precinct? And you said you also told me something about precinct officers. Like, why why are precinct officers so important? So, where you go vote when you go vote, that is your precinct. And both the Democrats and the Republicans actually have someone who is like the precinct officer, the, the person who represents the, their party. So per, person who represents Democrats in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. that's your precinct officer. And those are, you know, elected positions. And sadly, they're really not elected positions. You just show up and say, I want to be the precinct officer for my precinct. That's it. That's it. No application process. You just have to be a registered Democrat. That's that's truly the process. And what happens is, is you get the information first. Um, when people decide to run, what they do is they show up at their county office and in mm-hmm. Tulsa, that's over on 31st. They say, I'm getting ready to run. Um, can you give me a list of all my precinct officers? I'm going to call them first. Wow. That's who they reach out to when they get ready to run. And the precinct officers are supposed to know who the Democrats are in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they're, some, they're the ones who are supposed to say, hey, we got an election coming up on Tuesday. Hey, this is who's running. And by the way, that person is coming to my, my backyard next Tuesday if you want to come and ask some questions. Wow. That's what a precinct officer is supposed yeah. to do. And over the last six years, because of some drama that happened eight years ago, mm-hmm. um, we've not had very much involvement in, uh, for precinct officers in North Tulsa. It's not because the party doesn't want it. Um, it's just that there hasn't been any interest, and I think it's because we haven't uh, communicated the message well enough. Yeah, yeah. We we haven't said, hey, 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 North Tulsa, we want you. And so this is me on the radio saying, hey, hey, North Tulsa. We want you. <laughs> we want you. Please <laughs> sign up to be a precinct officer. Those yeah. elections are on March 11th, and all you need to do is call the uh, Tulsa County Democratic Party. Go by there. They're at 31st and Harvard. Uh, go out to TulsaCountyDems.org. Um, they're having elections on on the start, on the what March 11th, and they're not like they're not not enough people come yeah, yeah. to make it an election. Yeah. So literally, when I showed up, I said I live in Precinct 38. Um, I want to be chair. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you want to be chair? Yeah. <laughs> they said, okay, you get to be chair. Wow, that easy. It, huh? was, it was that easy. And what happened is I got all the information. Yeah. I I knew when the elections were, mm-hmm. and those people who were running called me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to wait until I got stuff in my mailbox. Right, right. I didn't have to show up at a meeting. They called me and said, hey, you live in 38. You're in my district. I want you. I'm interested in you. Can I come and talk to you? Can I meet you for coffee? And that's what happens because mm. I think it's important that those who represent us know us. Yeah. Everybody who represents me except for Dave Rader. Yeah. Everybody who represents <laughs> me, they're in my phone. 
Oh. And not because I'm the chair. Yeah. They're my phone before I was the chair. Yeah. I want to call my representative mm-hmm. representatives and mm-hmm. say, this, this, this is happening in our neighborhood. And I don't like it. Can you change it? So, but okay. So let's talk about that just just a bit. Um, you know, you being in that position, and you know, calling up a, a elected official. I never ever called an elected official. Like, Why not? Because of fear. And I think that I've had that, and I think that maybe some others don't even know what to say. Like because we, some I just speak for myself. I feel that if I call them, I'm gonna just get a voicemail, just like everybody else. You know what I mean? How can what happens during that process when you call your elected official? So they all have assistants. They all have offices. They all have an email that's managed by somebody, um, and they work for you. True. Right. So like um, house folks in the in the state house, Mm -hmm. they get eight bills. Mm -hmm. What they want to do, they get to submit eight bills to try to make them into laws. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. What they want to do is they want to represent the folks who live in their district. Mm -hmm. And so literally because I have the conversations, they're like, I have meetings with folks in my district and this is what they say is important. Mm hmm. Just think about it. Your neighborhood, your mm-hmm. representative talking about something that happens in your neighborhood in front of all the legislators on the state and get, gets them to vote on it. And that's what's supposed to happen. But if you don't tell them, mm-hmm. they're not clairvoyant. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, what if some of the people that even are Republicans in some sort, they their constituents at, at the, in their community are really pushing for the narrative of what President Trumpism, you know, and what they say. And although that they are in office and their constituents say that, like, how do you feel about even though the fact that it wasn't the truth, but their constituents are saying, hey, no, we believe the lie or we believe something that is not true. How does that? Yeah. How do we? Okay, that's perfect. So let me tell you what's happening. Okay. so our our elected our Republican elected officials, for the most part in Oklahoma, when they're. Uh, constituents call them and say, I can't believe they're trying to steal the election. They're like, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Amal. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight it. Mm-hmm. Now, they know it's not the truth. Right. But you know what they are they are doing? What? They are fighting for their constituents. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for the people who are saying, stop the steal. Yeah. They're writing letters and right. writing dumb laws, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to back up the steal. Right. So they're calling their representatives. All right. And their representatives are working for them. Why aren't True. we calling our representatives? Oh, you just dropped the bomb. That's good. That's because good. when you ask, I'm going to say his name and we're going to drive by yeah, it. Yeah. You ask uh, James Langford why he did what he did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said, because my constituents wanted me to. Mm. So people were calling him saying, you've got to stop this deal. Now, he said, you know, it's on a ba- Facebook. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. He said, no, no, no. Um, the election is going to go through. Biden is going to be the president. But I'm going to go up here and I'm going to say the stuff that y'all want me to say. Yeah, on TV. Like, yeah. He said it. Yeah. So his, the people he listens to told him that he needed to go fight it. And he went up there knowing that it had no merit. Yeah. And fought it. Yeah. And how do we deal with that? Because he, you know. We wasn't calling him. Uh-huh. Yeah. I put out calls to action. We weren't calling him. Yeah. We needed to call him mm-hmm. and say, stop the nonsense. Yeah. Don't go up there. Yeah. Um, you're, and when he said in his non-apology apology yeah. that he didn't know that he was disenfranchising <laughs> black votes, uh-huh. he knew it because I told him. Mm. 
and I only speak English. (laughs) (laughs) He he, he knew it. He just decided that it was more important Mm -hmm. to, well, he's, he's, thinking of his next election yeah right i mean and that's obvious to right. me it's obvious and i you know with everything that that is uh transpired now to where the commission of the black wall street commission um and, and i may not be saying the, the no, term terminology yeah so now the fact that they are saying that they disagree with everything that he was doing and saying and to come back and to say that oh my bad you know what i mean i didn't think about you guys it really is like a gut punch in a way because you just, just like you don't understand like why why don't you but it like you said the constituents haven't reached out to him you know and that's the, the challenge and and so what we saw and I I do equate you to Stacey Abrams because you, you are <laughs> I do I do I came from um but I can see like how she made an impact within the community uh, where she was mm-hmm. like. What do you think the brilliance of what she did in Georgia? Let's talk about that, a little bit about that. Okay, so I've been reading everything I can find out, right? Everything I can get my hands on. I was on a Mm -hmm. call today with Nikema Williams, who was the chair of the Georgia uh, Democratic Party and the newest congresswoman. She replaced Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. John Lewis. Um, Talking about this very thing, she didn't decide the day that she didn't win the governorship to go register people to vote. She wrote up this plan 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and they've been working this plan for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it finally, and you know how it is. You, you you make a little bit of progress and you build on that and you build on that. And it finally came to fruition Mm -hmm. in this election cycle. And the timing of it. The timing was beautiful, (laughs) but it, it finally came into fruition. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we have to do deal with is, it's a long range plan mm-hmm. and not walk away when it doesn't happen. Once we, you True. know, knock doors for True. three days, True. it's going to take a while. Yeah. Um, and then we've got to hone our message. The Democrats are not near mm-hmm. as good at, at um, getting our message out there as the Republicans are. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, why do I know about from stop the steal? Mm-hmm. Right. Because they've hammered that message home. Yeah. They've hammered that message they home. Do. They're, they're better at messaging and we've got to get better at messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Stacey Abrams was absolutely brilliant at messaging. If you wa- if you watched Ossoff and Warnock speak ever, they said the same thing mm-hmm. every time. And they repeated each other. Mm-hmm. And when she spoke, she said their message. Yeah. And that's how it has to work. Gotcha. And we've we've gotta, you know, kind of buy into that uh, into that program and you know, I'm working on registering folks to vote and, mm-hmm. and honing the message and, mm-hmm. and we've gotta do that. But yeah. but in the meantime, you got to reach out to your Alexis and tell them what you want. Mm-hmm. 100%. So how did you find the numbers of all of these people? I showed up at meetings and asked for it. So you literally like, give me your number. Like, here's my phone. Put your number in. A- absolutely. Like, you know, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. you know, there were always meetings where people sure, were. There sure. were always meetings where sure. Alexis were speaking because they're always running as well. Mm-hmm. There are always meetings. I'm like, that's interesting. Um, can I have your number in case I want to talk to you about that later? Mm-hmm. They're not going to tell me no. Yeah, true. And I'm not talking to me, the chair. Yeah. I'm talking about me, a voter. Yeah, yeah. Right? So so answer this for me. Okay, just I'm a guy just sitting in my car right now, and I want to, you know, be more involved into the, you know, political process. What website should I go to or what number, you know, should I look up to get in contact with my? So it's, it's real easy. You can go out to um, okhouse.gov, mm-hmm. which is. Oklahoma House of Representatives.gov. It's real easy. And type in your 
type in your um your representative. If you don't know who your representative is, you can go out to um findmyrep.gov mm-hmm. <laughs> and it will it will and also on that site you can type in your address and it'll tell you who who represents you. Mm, okay. It's just it's truly that simple. There's all kinds of resources that will tell you, or you can go out to the um, Oklahoma State Election Board, type in your name and uh, your birthday, and it will just pull up all of your districts. Mm, okay. You know, you live in, you know, you live in House District 73 and Senate District 11 and School Board District this, blah blah blah. Yeah. It'll pull up all your districts. So you know who represents you, and you know when you have something on the ballot. Like we have a ballot in Tulsa um, on February ninth. February ninth. Okay, so so let's talk about this this ballot. What is February ninth? What are we voting for? So that's what I was going to say. So not all over Tulsa. Like I live in Tulsa. I don't have sure. I don't have a ballot. Sure. But um, North Tulsa certainly does. It does. North Tulsa certainly does. Um, They have a school board election. Mm. Um, there's a school board in North Tulsa, I think in West Tulsa. Um, there's, I think one in Broken Arrow, um, Jinx. So yeah, go out and real easy. It's not hard. Oklahoma state election board, type in your name and your birthday, and it'll tell you if you have a ballot Mm -hmm. and and you can pull up your sample ballot. So you can see if you have a ballot and you can see who's on it. Mm, That's good. And everybody has a Facebook page, so you can go look them up and do some research. True, true, true. So uh, with with that vote um, that's coming up on Tuesday, like how? Two weeks from tomorrow. Two, I mean, I'm sorry, two weeks from tomorrow. Forgive me. Um, so how is there a place where they have debates? Is there a place where we can find out just like, more details? So, you know, COVID has messed us up. Yeah. And so most of the deba- debates have moved online on Zoom. Mm-hmm. But like I said, so you go out and you find out you live in school board district three which has an election, right? And you find out who's running in that district. And I don't, these are nonpartisan races. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who all the candidates are. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of them. You find them, you go look them up on Facebook. Guess what? You're going to find out when they're going to be participating in the debate. Cause they're going to list it. True. So it's personal research that you have to do. Oh, absolutely. They're sure. going to represent you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What, where do you think other than the presidency, where do you think the most popular votes are like where people vote and get out as far as Democrats within North Tulsa, Democrat, Democrat or Republican in North Tulsa. Like, what do you think that? I think folks is? vote. You know, they vote for president, and they may or may not vote for Congress mm-hmm. because everybody kind of thinks they know what Congress is. Mm-hmm. Um, North Tulsa, I can speak for, doesn't show up because North Tulsa knows their representatives. Mm-hmm. Right, so they're like, we know Regina, mm-hmm. we like Regina, we know Regina got this. I don't have to show up, mm-hmm. right? We know Kevin. Yeah, we, Kevin's going to take it. You know, he's going to run away with it. We don't have to do anything. Yeah. The thing is, is that you do need to show up for Kevin. Yeah, you do need to show up for Regina. Mm-hmm. You do need to show up for Judge Holmes, and people don't show up for that race. You do need to show up for um, um, Vanessa Hall Harper mm-hmm. because. There are all, there are folks who are who are sleepers, mm-hmm. folks who are showing up and just putting themselves on the ballot and working their friends. Mm. And if we don't show up for Regina or Kevin or Vanessa or, you know, whoever your favorite is, we're going to look up mm-hmm. and the sleeper is going to take it from them. Yeah. We got to show up. Yeah. If we want them to represent, we got to show up for them. My thing is like. 
who's up next because you know it's it's been a change in tide. I think it was mainly men who have been running uh, for city councilor for years, and and but and I stand to be corrected, but I know Vanessa. Um, you know, being a woman that is coming in and changing a lot of things within the community, how important is it for women to be involved in this type of field? Representation matters, right? Yeah. So if, you know, and, and women are more compassionate. Mm. Um, it's it's just real. Women mm-hmm. women aren't necessarily just black and white. They, mm-hmm. they look at uh, impact as well. Mm-hmm. And so it is important for women to be involved, and it is important for us to uh, support women. Mm-hmm. Um and when you ask me, what do people vote for? I want to tell you the second half of that. Mm-hmm. The thing that people should vote for is the race that's closest to their house. Mm. And the race that's closest to your house is city council. Good. Because whoever your city councilor is, like I don't live in Vanessa's district, mm-hmm. um, but I know this show reaches mm-hmm. her district. Mm-hmm. But whoever your city councilor is, they're driving on the same roads that you drive on. True. City council has some say over that. Sure. They're going to the same stores. They're, they're living your same general life. Mm-hmm. So that has more impact on your life yeah. than the president. Yeah, sure. Than Congress. Sure. That, that city council is the closest to your, your everyday life. Sure. And then your house rep and yeah. senator. Yeah. But city council and folks don't show up for that race. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in the fact that, you know, there are black people don't only live in North Tulsa, everybody. I mean, there's black people all over Tulsa and that lives in different places. But how important is it to go to run for district in West Tulsa or South Tulsa and not to be looked at as a sellout or something like that? You know, just because you run it in a different district. Well, I, I hope that, that we're not looked at as a sellout. I have mm-hmm. never lived in North Tulsa. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have never lived in North Tulsa, but I've been black this entire time. Yeah. So, you know, if I were to run. I'm not. <laughs> if I were to, if I were to run, uh, it would be because I wanted to represent my my community, right? Yeah. And not because I'm a sellout, and I don't live where I live yeah, because yeah. I'm a sellout. I mm-hmm. live where I live, because that's the house that I've decided to live yeah. in, right? I it, and who says that we have to be um, sequestered in one part of town? We can yes. live everywhere. Sure. We can live everywhere, and we can represent everywhere. True. And so, if you don't live in North Tulsa and you want to run. Do not let people convince you that if you live in a different community, um, fo- those folks aren't ready for somebody black. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let people convince you of that. Yeah. Um, o- Oklahoma is between nine and twelve percent black, depending on whose records you look at. Mm-hmm. I am the state chair of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. If if I counted on only black votes, it wouldn't be me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It wouldn't be me. Sure. So yeah. it doesn't have to just be North Tulsa, even though. James Langford only apologized to black folks who live in North Tulsa. I didn't get my apology. <laughs> We're, you know, he, uh, I care about the votes that he was trying to disenfranchise. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right, so I got a special question coming up next for Miss Alicia Andrews. So make sure you keep it locked right here on what I ask her, man. Why won't she run for office? So that'll be the next question coming up. So make sure you keep it locked right here. This is the Bobby Eaton Show. Keep it locked. Thank you. 
is the Bobby Eaton Show right there is the best. The best of the Gap Band right there. Uh, of course, outstanding right here. It is uh, 2021 and is the centennial of the race massacre here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, man. And of course, a lot is happening here in Tulsa, so you definitely want to be a part of everything that's happening this year, man. So, again, make sure you visit us online at kbob899.com, Black on Black Community Radio, and it is happening right here with Alicia Andrews, man. She is such an important person uh, to, you know, talk to, to get to know. So if you're listening right now, I would it would behoove you to really look up Alicia, Alicia Andrews online to find out more about her. And she is such a, just a graceful woman, such, such a sweet lady um, and easy to talk to, man. And I'm so glad to have her here. Uh, so the question that I have for you, that we talked just a little bit, why is it that you won't run for office? I think everybody needs to stay in their lane. Okay. 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 <laughs> You're right. So my lane is organizing the party, making making sure that there's a structure to help candidates when they get ready to run. And mm-hmm. frankly, um, we don't have a structure that would allow a candidate like me to win right now. Yeah. And what do you so, mean? What do you mean? Well, you know, um, I don't have a big enough uh, following, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Democrats know me, mm-hmm. but that's not enough to win an office in Oklahoma, right? We don't have a big enough structure. And my job is to build that structure. So I'm going to stay over here in my lane and build the structure and help other candidates get elected. Yeah. So I'm just pushing back just a little bit. So for those that say, I mean, you really have to be in a position to really understand, you know, what it is to run. Um, What would you say to those people? I mean, of course you just said stay in your lane, but I think just progressing and moving on, like what is, what is the ultimate thing for you and your career in helping your community through this, um, this lane of, of politics? So I haven't really even thought that far. So like my goal is real, like right here in front of me, mm-hmm. I want to get a statewide elected Democrat. Okay. We don't have, we have none right yeah. now. Yeah. I want for candidates when I go to recruit them and you know about this, yes. when I go to recruit candidates, I want to be able to, Tell them with confidence that there is a pathway for you to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, I have a hard time doing that in a lot of pockets in the state. And so my ultimate would be that if a Democrat wanted to run, that they would have the confidence, mm-hmm. no matter what pocket of the state they are, if they run a real race, that they have a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also that the DNC would stop ignoring Oklahoma. Yeah. Those, those yeah, are my goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those yeah. are my goals. So you really have to be the squeaky wheel, you Absolutely. know, in a lot of areas. Absolutely. How is it being that squeaky wheel? Like, what do you, what you think? Well, you know, I, I got some practice at it. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I am a squeaky wheel, and it makes a difference, right? You know, I say DNC, stop ignoring Oklahoma, but we've had we've had a lot of the presidential candidates here. Um, and even since we've had to go COVID, we've had a lot of presidential, a lot of folks who ran for office and a lot of uh, Democratic notables join us on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the squeaky wheel with the DNC. Mm-hmm. Squeaky wheel, um, like just in Oklahoma, you know, um, I get I, I get teased in Oklahoma City. I'm on TV every day in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. trying to make sure that people know that there is a Democratic Party here. Mm-hmm. Um, Tulsa don't give me the same kind of love. I don't. On that. No. What? Uh-huh. But but Oklahoma City gives me love, and and that's what I have to do. I have to make sure that people know. Yeah. People know there's a Republican Party here. Yeah. My job is to keep keep making noise so they know there's a Democrat Party, and so I I, I like that part. I, yeah. I I like that part. You know, I've been a squeaky wheel since birth, so 
For sure. That's what I do. <laughs> For sure. I love that. And you have to have some courage and heart to be in a position in a place where it may be a room where nobody agrees with you, but you stand up and say how you feel. And I I believe in being tactful when you communicate. You just don't go in a room and start fussing and pointing fingers at everybody. You did this, and then you expect for people to hear you. So what is it like with the, the tactfulness or the strategy that you continue to use or reaching people that may not vote the way that you vote? So, like, I'm in a super minority, right, mm-hmm. as a Democrat. And so most of the times I go in with tact, right, because mm-hmm. I want to be heard. Sometimes, though, I got to raise a little noise. Sometimes yeah. I, I have to – come in and say the the snarky thing and the because sometimes that's all the news want to hear that's Mm. all that people will cover is if you know last summer when i went on international tv and said i didn't want donald trump to come to oklahoma Mm -hmm. and when i said because he won't do it right and i don't want him bringing his germs here Mm -hmm. literally england called me and canada called me and said you know, the citizen says that she doesn't want her president coming to her town. Wow. If I just said, you know, I really wish he couldn't, nobody would have yeah. covered it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and because we did that, he tried to get a tour. Mm. He wasn't trying to get a tour <laughs> until, you know, I raised sand about it. Um, sometimes you got to raise sand. Sometimes you got to go in with tact. And it's just, I don't always guess right, but it is a matter of guessing and figuring out. Sometimes you got to. So I want to I wanna hit on that point. You said that so President Trump was trying to – he wasn't trying to come take it to a Greenwood until – He was not. Honestly, he wasn't even thinking about Greenwood. But it was, was the not. day – it was the day that they were coming down that everybody was kind of like, oh, man, he's trying to come to Greenwood. Is that what you're saying? Right. So when when we got the call that he was coming, literally we sent out – within an hour we sent out a press release gotcha. where I said, you know, I don't want him coming here yeah. on Juneteenth in the shadow of Greenwood. Sure, sure, sure. Right? I, that's, that's the wrong day, wrong place. Um, he didn't reach out to anybody in the mm-hmm. community um, until I started raising sand. Yeah. You know, uh, everybody else, you know, started ra- – but – I got the word in that day. I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no, this is not OK. Mm. And we put up enough pressure. And this is, again, the reaching out and, and holding folks accountable. We put up enough pressure where his folks reached out and said, well, we want a tour. Mm. Oh, do you now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would you think have happened if he did take a tour? Um, I think that the community would have treated him with decency that he didn't, he hadn't earned, mm-hmm. but I think that he would have been treated with these because he was the president. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think they would, but I don't think he, I don't think he would have learned. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more of a photo op. Photo op. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So I'm glad he wasn't allowed to exploit. Yeah. Yeah. Greenwood. And Greenwood, I mean, on uh, Juneteenth, I mean, that was just a beautiful day and everything happened. And, and then the next day, you know, he flew into town, uh, and then it was crazy because everybody rallied together and purchased tickets to the rally. Did you get a ticket? I did not get a ticket. You didn't. But I, I, the TikTok teams had me, so I didn't have to. <laughs> uh, I did not. And I thought, you know, they would have uh, suspected yeah. that my ticket was fake because I'd been talking all, you know, for two weeks. Yeah. I don't want him here. <laughs> yeah. And to see and to see how that happened, you know, to where it, it was. 6,000. I don't, I don't know the particular number right now. I need to look that up, but yeah, it was about 6,600, 6, people in an arena that holds 18,000. Yeah. And so what was your thoughts of that particular day? Celebrate it. You celebrate it. Okay. I, I absolutely celebrate it. Um, he had no business coming here. Sure, sure. 
our leaders had no business saying it was okay. Yes. Right. We were at what we thought was the height of COVID at yeah. the time. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are so much worse <laughs> yeah. now, but at the time we thought we were as bad as COVID was mm-hmm. going to be. Mm-hmm. There was no need for him to come here mm-hmm. bringing what, you know, we've now come to known as super spreader event here. Mm-hmm. He had no business coming here when he was trying to come here. So yeah, I celebrate it. So my question is why Tulsa? Like around that time, why Tulsa? Because Oklahoma is is a reliable red state. Mm. And that president liked going places mm. where he knew people loved him. Yeah. yeah. And and had the TikTok teams not acted, had, you know, it not made the big general stink that it made and had it not been COVID, it he absolutely oh, yeah. would have filled that yeah. stadium yeah. and the overflow. For sure. Sure. But the stars aligned perfectly, yeah, yeah, so that he was humiliated. Yeah, yeah, and, and you you could see that they play the video over and over again of the day that he left from Tulsa and he got off the plane and was going back home. You know, it just didn't, she, she over cheesing like a mother. <laughs> <laughs> so she was she was a little bit happy about that. So I like that. I like that. Okay, so so one thing is is that, um. You know, now with, with COVID and everything that's happening, it's getting really real for a lot of people, and we're losing a lot of lives, man. And um, it being a challenge with that, and the fact that, you know, here in Tulsa and the state, you know, that the, the, the governor and also the mayor could have stopped that. So what what do you think and what do you say to them now that they try to put a mask mandate and, you know, not really working together as a team? What do you communicate to them about that so you're right our governor our governor welcomed it right mm-hmm. our governor put in actually put our name on a list mm. so they didn't just ask him he he said hey 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 come to oklahoma during covid D- the time of COVID. Nice. our governor doesn't believe in covid so oh, true, true so let's true, be real true, so true, true. so he re- he requested that he come here mm-hmm. um our our mayor from what i understand wasn't part of of that deal, mm-hmm. but our mayor could have stopped it and chose not to, yeah. because again, he too is looking towards his next election. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the mayor mayoral election that we had last summer. Mm-hmm. His next career move, mm. and he needs for those Republicans to see him sidled up to Republicans. Sure. He needs sure. for upper level Republicans to like him, so mm-hmm. they will open up their pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. And and he that was more important to him mm-hmm. than taking care of our city. Wow. And so what do, you, what do I say to them? You represent Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Tulsa. Yeah. Um, and that's my message, and I say it all the time. Don't forget who you represent. Yeah. Um, and he saw, I mean, truly, if Greg would have had another month, we'd be talking about yeah. Mayor Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I hope he's a little scared. I hope he, he understands that he's more vulnerable than he thought. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that, that Mayor Bynum isn't running for, oh, and this is just what I heard him say, like he's going to run for two terms and then he's done, right? And so, you know, those that are coming up and running for office, like what does it take for a person to be a mayor of a city? Like what does that work like and what does it take to be a politician in your eyes? Okay, so those are two different things, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, to to be a politician, right? Because that's that's my wheelhouse, sure, right? Sure. To be a politician, there there has to be some dedication and, and willingness to do the work. It's not all sexy work, right? You have to be willing to call and ask for money and raise money and and get um, out of your way with the raising money. You have to be willing to talk to voters and and learn the issues that voters care about and do it day in and day out, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it takes to run. It sounds like I've oversimplified it, mm-hmm. but that's really it. 
Mm. And candidates who don't run, who don't win, and candidates who run what I call awful campaigns are candidates who aren't willing to raise money. Mm. Um, a lot of folks, you know, we need to get money out of politics. Yeah, we need to get money out of politics for sure. Mm-hmm. However, you have to win to govern. Yeah. And you, there's no way you can touch all the people that you need to vote one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get in their mailbox. Yeah. You're going to have to get on their TV, and that costs money. Mm. So in order to win, you have to be willing to raise money, and you have to be willing to meet with voters and learn the issues. Mm-hmm. That simple. Yeah. Now, to govern, yeah. you have to know a little something about government. You have to know, you know, and not everybody who wins knows how to govern, and mm-hmm. not everybody mm-hmm. who knows how to govern can win. Office. But yeah. um, people need to get away from the idea that they can call their friend who knows some graphic design and um, pay a couple teenagers to drop some stuff off and think that they're going to win. We can't, we can't win with, um, not in Oklahoma, we can't win with table, uh, yeah. what I call kitchen table can, uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. You have to run a professional campaign because the other side has a whole lot of money mm-hmm. and they're running professional mm-hmm. campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, like you said, you know, if, if it was a kid out there listening to the show right now and just wanted to get in politics, um, what books should a person read? Like how, what, how should they fall in line? So if, if some, if my niece came to me and said, um, auntie, I think I want to run. Yeah. My first thing is why, mm-hmm. what do you care about? Sure. You know, and is, is it big enough, right? Is, is what you care about big enough to motivate you every day? Mm-hmm. And then I need you to go find Regina and help Regina's campaign. Mm. Go find Melissa Provenzano and help her campaign. Go work on some campaigns to see if you're willing to do that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go down to the Capitol and see what they do. Get your feet see, wet. See if you're willing to do that work. <laughs> but work a couple of campaigns. That's, that's the good. best. That's good. That's better than reading a book. Yeah. I got some books. Yeah. But the, that's better than the reading. Experience. Yeah. The, the experience and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, you, you can't you don't get to watch all your TV shows while you're running. True. True. Right, you have to be on the phone, and you have to, you know, be shaking hands and kissing babies. That's yeah. real. Yeah, it's a huge sacrifice doing that because you become a public servant, and you are um, accountable to the people that you serve in the community. One thing that that I I need to understand though. So, what if you have a neighbor that lives on one side of the street that's a Republican, and one side is a Democrat, and they have two totally different views, and they want a certain thing, of course, and they're they're saying two different things to you and they live you know in your district how do you weigh out which decision to make best and how to make everybody happy you know with the exception of mask mandates and things that are of of that level most of the time the folks in your neighborhoods want the same thing Mm -hmm. right um the man who lives across the street from me has you know the big gigantic trump Mm -hmm. sign Mm -hmm. uh, on the back of his truck Mm -hmm. but um I bet he wants his kids to have access to good schools. Sure. And if I had kids, that's what I would want. I, you know, I know I want smooth roads. I bet he wants smooth, yeah. smooth roads. And yeah. it's just truly a matter of having a conversation. Yeah. And that's why politicians are knocking doors. Mm-hmm. If you knock a door, you're not, you're not necessarily a Democrat. You're the person who's running. Yeah. And I'm going to listen to what you're talking true, about true. and figure out how that, how, how that works, which is why I'm sure. a Democrat. Yeah. Cause I believe our issues speak to people. Yeah. Yeah. They're not ideological. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. our issues speak to people yeah. and um, most Democrats, in Oklahoma right now won by a combination of Democrat votes and Republican votes because there aren't we, yeah, we, we just, just don't, don't have the number yeah. 
in most parts of the state. We don't yeah. have the number to yeah. win on just Democrats. Do you see things changing? Uh, I mean, how they turn Georgia blue, you know, is that the goal for Oklahoma is to turn Oklahoma blue? So right now, because it, you know, it's incremental, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, the goal is to lessen the red. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm not even ready for purple yet. Just lessen <laughs> the red. When you say that, what do you mean? Well, um, right now we have a huge deficit. With, there just aren't enough Democrats registered to, to really win. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that I, I am struggling with is we've just got to register more Democrats. They're out there. Uh, they're disillusioned with the with the process. Mm-hmm. They're they're hiding. No one's talked to them. We need to register more Democrats. And that's my number one goal is just to register some more Democrats and then engage with them long enough to get them to vote. So uh, and uh, this question is very obvious, but do you just hate Republicans? No, absolutely not. OK. And so uh, and I'm asking this, this question for a reason, because, you know, I. And maybe a Republican out there listening to us right now, and I don't want them there to get Republicans it. in North Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's my thing. Like, where is the point to where both sides are sitting down and having a conversation, and it's just not one color, you know, red or blue, and just one part in the area? But are those conversations happening to where there are people from both sides having conversations? I I think there are, and that's what I mean. Like when when candidates that I talk to were out knocking doors, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I've knocked doors for candidates sure. and I've knocked on a door thinking there was a Democrat behind that door. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Republican. OK, that's fine. Yeah. What what matters to you? though? Mm. OK, what what matters to you? Yeah. And if they are open enough to tell me what matters to them and then I tell them what the candidate that I'm knocking the door for believes within that regard. Literally, you see shoulders drop. Mm-hmm. You see people relax, mm-hmm. and you have conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why Democrats knock doors because we need to have those conversations yeah. so that whatever the Republicans paint us as, they can see. No, no, no. We don't have five heads. Yeah. Just regular people yeah. who aren't coming for your guns. We're yeah. just regular people yeah. who want a good life for Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah. So the conversation really thwarts a lot of the misunderstanding because you you know I, I you can tell the people that grew up watching tv just like that was it because they believe everything that they see on tv so mm-hmm. it's just like man that's not a good life to live you know to follow that that pathway and to, at least you can be able for someone to come and talk to you about the issue and you know so media is a big factor in what we do like absolutely in communication how is the democratic party really reaching out in that vein of media and getting out to people. What are you guys doing that's different? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, in Oklahoma, we're not doing a whole lot of, mm-hmm. um, like, TV or radio just because it costs money. Yeah. You know, just being um, point blank. Now, I'm rocking my social media. I'm getting my yeah. word out as much as I can. But Democrats, you know, in Oklahoma, we we win when we knock doors because it's yeah. about the conversation. Yeah. And I will remember a conversation with Ramal mm-hmm. before I remember that I saw him on TV. True, 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 true. I agree with that. And that's why we knock doors mm. because it's harder for you to be rude to me, mm-hmm. you know, when we're having a, a face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. It's real easy to be <laughs> a conversation coward nah. at the keyboard. Yeah, keep that same <laughs> energy when you see me, man. Yeah, now exactly. I, I feel you on that. It's like you feel a little bit more gangster when you get on social media and you just can say whatever you want to, but I, I feel you on that. You, when you see a person face to face it's a whole different it's type a of, whole different thing yeah it really is and it's, that's why we knocked off that's good that's yeah. good that's good and so um you know 
Alicia does not hate Republicans. She wants to see the best for just the community at large and for everybody's voice to be heard. And you being in that position, you know, with the Democratic Party, like you're opening up doors and for conversation to really happen on both sides. And I think that's what people need to understand. Um, Now, I, I got a question for you right here. Have you ever came in contact with somebody that was just like, just believe lies, just straight lies, and you were just trying to talk to them. Did you get through, or was it just like, all right, I'm going to No, no, no. If they're set on believing the lie, they're going to believe the lie. Mm. And I, I have folks that I worked with 20 years ago, Facebook friends who've reached out to me, and, you know, they asked the question. Halfway through the question, I realized they weren't listening mm. to, the, to my answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I say my piece, and I'm done. Yeah. I'm not going to try to convince you. Yeah. Um, because you're not trying to hear me. You're mm-hmm. just taking advantage of our friendship mm. and looking for an opportunity to be mean to a Democrat. And mm. I don't have to put up with that. Yeah. Um, and so I've had many of those conversations as well. It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. You believe what you believe because you're not going to get me to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the crazy stuff that you're spouting. I don't have any interest in QAnon, yeah. 8chan, 4chan. Yeah. Yeah. I have no interest in that because it's ludicrous. Yeah. Now and get me to believe that you're an, some of these things I'm not going to get you to believe. Yeah, true. I got to move on to people who are persuadable. So my, my thing is, okay, so you're dealing with people that don't disagree. And some people get in their head, they get in their emotions when they get around people that don't necessarily agree with them. How do you keep people out of your head? Well, the truth is, if, if we believe that differently, mm-hmm. you don't occupy any space in my brain. Mm-hmm. And so if you believe that way and I recognize it, I, I, I got to move on. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you spit, there's no, I, you cannot live rent free in my head. Mm-hmm. I got other things going mm-hmm. on. So yeah, that's, it's easy. And, and so friends that you've had for so many years that are Republicans and they may say something that is just totally not true. Do you respond to those things and try to go to each person like, well, what do you think? You know what I'm saying? Like try to talk, converse with them. Or I try that? to have the conversation yeah. when I recognize some folks will, will have a conversation mm-hmm. and some folks just flat won't. Yeah. And like, I know their names. I can, yeah. you know, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Their names. Sure. So, um, Danny, who I know isn't listening, sure. <laughs> Danny gets no more conversation from me because yeah. he's not trying to listen and yeah. he's just trying to make me out to be somebody evil. Yeah. Danny and I were friends for 20 years. Wow. Right. But Danny gets no more conversation yeah. from me. Yeah. I don't have, yeah, oof, I, I don't have any time you. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, she ain't got time for you, buddy. So, okay, so you've learned to not allow people to live, you know, rent-free. But but standing on your, your beliefs, standing on what you know is to be true, your own truth, you know? Um, and for someone to have their version of truth, because they grew up in a different type of environment, how are you able to break down and let people see? Do you bring people into... The environment, North Tulsa, show them pictures, or I mean, how is it that you are able to, other than going knocking on doors, like what are other methods that you try to communicate with? So, COVID, there's no knocking on doors, yeah, right? And, um, not knocking on doors in COVID. Sure. So my my stuff is mostly social media, and I already said I'm I'm more of a Facebooker than a than a tweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to I have questions and people people are in my DMs like nobody's business mm-hmm. and I have the conversation and when when I type out the conversation I can usually either persuade you mm-hmm. or determine that you're not uh, you, that you're mm-hmm. a non-persuadable mm-hmm. and real simple and people call me on it all the time people post on and out in the open and they po- post um, stuff that's 
not what I'm saying or against what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, Ramal, mm-hmm. you get one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there so people can see what you think, but you get one. This is your one, buddy. <laughs> this is my post. Yes. <laughs> this is, you, you get to say what you want to say, but just once. Yeah. And then you need to go away. And there are people that I've had to banish. Oh, uh, but there yeah. are people who will come in and they'll say, I just like to have this conversation. Mm. I was telling my husband or I was telling my wife this and this and this. And I said, I need to call that Democrat girl and ask her what she thinks. Yeah. I'm open for that. Yeah. If I can get you to not believe the big lie, if I can get you not to believe that I'm, you know, killing babies and stealing your uh-huh, guns for uh-huh. just a hot second, yeah. maybe I can get you to listen. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And so... Um, you know, with the belief of Democrats taking guns, like how do you feel about the Second Amendment? Like, would you personally, as a leader, are how do you feel about guns? So it's a it's um it's a right in the Constitution. Um, mm-hmm. I you know I'm not a gun person. Yeah. Right. But um, I'm not going to tell you you can't be a gun sure, person. Sure. Right. Everybody in my in my immediate family has at one time had a job where they were required to carry a gun. Mm, okay. Right? So, gun schmun. It's yeah. just not for me. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you it's in the Constitution. I'm not going to tell you you can't have a gun. Right. Now, uh, now, if you've done bad things with a gun, oh, you don't sure, need a gun. Sure. But I'm not coming for your gun. There's so many other things. Yeah. There are people being evicted. Mm. That's more important to me mm-hmm. right now than whether or not you have a gun. Right. Right. There, you know, there are people who have to work three jobs to keep a roof. That's more important to me than whether or not this guy over here who I don't know has a gun. Yeah. So guns, guns are so low on my priority list. Yeah. 100 percent. I I love that answer. I do. I really do. We're sitting here with Alicia Andrews. We are talking politics right now. What happened in Washington, D.C., and what's going on in the world, man? We want you guys to be more uh, active in the politics, not only just voting, but consider actually running, man. This is the Bobby Eaton Show right here. It's Luther Vandross so Never Too Much. We'll be right back.
and the circumstances on the ground say, okay, this speech isn't for this crowd, so I need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he may have been planning on talking about, you know, let's get fired up and let's let them know that you're against the counting of the vote, right? Mm-hmm. But he said the words that he said while there was a gallows. Mm, so he can't say that he didn't know that yeah. they were yeah. fired up yeah. and that there was violence in them. There was an actual gallows built on mm, the ground. True. Like, who took the time to build that and put that all together? It was I, weird. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, I've been to D.C. so many times, I never saw the Home Depot. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, so he saw the gallows. <laughs> and at that point, you got to change your speech. Yeah. you yeah. got to soften the rhetoric. Yeah. you got to tone it down. And yeah. he chose not yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So that was crazy times. And, you know, I was genuinely genuinely depressed and saddened for for our nation and then so you you move on and then i was so proud that they said you know what we got to impeach him Mm -hmm. we can't let this stand yeah that was one week later yeah you know you've got to act fast right Mm -hmm. you you cannot let it stand um well there's a meme going around now that says you know if we don't have accountability for this right now it just becomes a dress rehearsal yeah yeah Yeah, for sure real talk for sure sure. we have we have to do accountability so and i appreciate (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. How quickly um, they they're doing something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Then the next Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. for me sort of like a catharsis. Yeah. Right. Um, President Biden, Vice President oh, Harris. You know, they're talking about prayer and unity. And again, I'm not ready for unity without accountability. Sure. But they're talking about prayer and Lady Gaga. I don't care that much about Lady Gaga, <laughs> but when she sang and our flag was still there and looked at the flag, literally, I felt about as red, white, and blue as you yeah, can be. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so those Wednesdays, there's just all kinds of emotion. And, you know, after you get past the and our flag was still there and the fact that, you know, J-Lo can sing now. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was great. And then, you know, and it was so refreshing to like talk about fashion i've been afraid yeah. to talk about fashion because there were so many yeah. other crazy things going on but yeah. just the the relaxation is like let's talk about something different yeah let's, let's talk about we can talk about something frivolous because right. maybe our nation is gonna is gonna last and i gotta tell you yeah. michelle's jumpsuit was yeah. everything was everything huh it, <laughs> yes and she knew it mm-hmm. was everything. She walked out like a superhero. Like, she oh said, "Yes, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Hair flip and all. Right. Yes, yes, I'm here." Right. And it was, you know, I'm seeing people on Facebook saying, "I mean, it wasn't a fashion show. Right. No, it wasn't a fashion right. show, but it was great to be able to not talk about democracy on the brink." Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I love Michelle's jumpsuit. Yeah. I loved um, First Lady Biden's coat. The coat was the bomb yeah for sure for you know, sure yeah i have no idea what kamala had on mm-hmm. but hillary and her whole purple suit mm-hmm. yeah i'm here for it cool yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> garth brooks now i was excited that he was excited to see everybody mm-hmm. i just wish he would have had on his mask when he went around hugging everybody oh yeah but you know oklahoma's represented right there yeah, on that stage yeah. with garth brooks we're, we're and, huggers. and i was at home when he said, even y'all at home, sing along. Yeah, I was singing amazing, right? <laughs> just, just happy that there was a change of guard, yeah. even if it wasn't as peaceful as it should have been. Yeah, 100%. And did you, were you on edge when you saw the uh, the inauguration? Like, did you think, oh, man, something could possibly happen or something, you know, or, or was it to a point to where you knew, like, there were army men, you know, a, a military? Well, I mean, we had women. so much National Guard there. I mm-hmm. didn't... Um, 
I didn't think anything was going to pop off. I, yeah. I felt, um, I, you know, I felt pretty relieved, you know, relaxed about that. Mm-hmm. Just saddened that there saddened. had to be yeah, so we, much yeah. military presence that, yeah. that it had. I mean, I had tickets. I was going. Yeah. Oh, really? I was going. Um, but the the Biden camp kept sending emails saying, you know, don't come because of COVID. Don't come because of COVID. And, you know, me and my mother was going. And my mother's over 65, obviously. Um, she don't need to be out and about among all those people. So we decided, excuse me, we decided not to go. Mm-hmm. And then literally, I changed my ticket on Tuesday night. Mm. Really? Tuesday the 5th is when I changed my ticket. Because mm. I, I kept you know holding off. Maybe I can go. Maybe mm-hmm. I can go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tuesday night I didn't. And then, so Wednesday watching the insurrection, mm-hmm. I was like, oof. I'm so glad I didn't go. <laughs> there was not a safe place. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So, uh, and, and let's talk a little bit about the impeachment. Like, that was the third Wednesday. Oh, it was the second Wednesday. That was the second Wednesday. Second Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The impeachment. So, you know, overall, you know, seeing everything that, that did happen, you know, how, how what were your feelings and your, your thoughts? Well, um, like I said, I'm I'm grateful that we jumped all over that. Uh, and are are demanding accountability mm-hmm. disappointed in the showmanship of the um Republican representatives you know basically making up facts and and saying things that are you know 90 days ago they had completely different views mm-hmm. let's not rush well you know on the night of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death they announced that they would replace her mm. they didn't give it 24 hours yeah. i mean the night that she died they announced that they were going to replace wow. And so, you know, then for them to be on the floor, you know, saying, well, I mean, you're rushing. This is a rushed process. It's mm-hmm. not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, don't be a hypocrite. Yeah. Stop playing. Stop performing. We see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> we see you. And our memory isn't that short. And by the way, it was just a few days ago. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad that, that we're demanding accountability. Um, I think that's great. I, I, I'm glad that we're even taking the next step. I don't look forward to the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, Why not? I, I don't, I don't look forward to the performance. It's, mm. it's going to be, you know, Jordan's going to be there in his yellow tie without a jacket on, yelling, um, saying nonsense, and Matt Gates is going to yell and he's going to say nonsense, and that kind of stuff drives me insane. So let me ask you this: Do you think that? It will be again. I don't know the terminology, but do you think it'll be to a point to where he will be impeached or he won't be impeached fully? Because I know there are certain number seventeen other Republicans that have to also agree along with the Democrats and saying that a he did try to call the insurrection. Like, how do you feel about that? That's another reason why I'm not looking forward to it. I don't think we have the votes right now, mm-hmm. um, and so I. He's impeached. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is impeached. Yes. <laughs> he is impeached, yes. but I, I don't know that they will follow through with the next step. Um, but I think the American people, not me, the American people need to hear, mm-hmm. you know, because there are still a big portion of folk who believe in the big lie. What? Even now, they need to hear the truth. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, got you, got you, got you, 100%. And, and so... Um, with the fact that they need to hear the truth, but some don't want to hear the truth, and they're going to continue to run with the play that you know that they particularly particularly have at the particular moment. Um, but I think we'll pick some off. True. What, when you say that, what do you mean? 
Well, so the big lie is what they're hanging on to right now. Yeah. And a whole bunch of folks right now feel betrayed by the president because they truly thought by president trump they truly thought that he was going to pull out you know this last minute hail mary Mm -hmm. and he wasn't going to leave the presidency yeah right they you know they hung on to that and a lot of them are disillusioned Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. are you know kind of walking away yeah so so those people are have been picked off as far as i'm concerned and i think that as people start hearing the truth a little bit uh, removed from the emotion they start hearing Yes, this is the president saying this. Mm. Let me let me show you him mm. saying this, and then let me show you this video of people using things to beat in the door. Yeah. They weren't because I had a person who lives here in Tulsa mm-hmm. tell me that the insurrectionists were invited. They were, but they weren't. Yeah, I feel you. She, she said she said no, no, no. The media, the the left wing media is scary. Is trying to scare us. They were invited. Yeah. And I say. I've been invited a lot of places. Yeah. I don't ever have to break into somewhere where I've been invited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to crush a police yeah. officer. Yeah. I don't have to beat a police officer yeah. over the head yeah. with a fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. If I'm invited, mm-hmm. I knock on the door. Yeah. They let me in. Right, right, right. That's not what an invitation was like. I see what you're saying. And so you just got to keep showing them yeah. it wasn't an invitation. And if they were invited, like, why were they arrested? Like, that's what I don't understand, that concept. And if Trump was talking directly to you, why didn't he pardon you? Yeah, true. True. Now he had a whole week. Yeah. He had a whole week to pardon you. the opportunity. So what do you what do you think is going to happen to the insurrectionists? Do you think that they will be tried or they'll be let go or what do you think? I think that some of them will be tried. Not enough. I think some of them will be tried. Um, a lot of them have already been let go. And uh, how much time do we have? I'm going to say this real quick. Mm-hmm. Justice has not been meted out equitably. Mm. Um, there was, um, I, I should have brought, pulled up his name. There was a black guy who was involved. Mm-hmm. I saw that. There was a black guy who was involved. I mean, there were several. Mm-hmm. We all have a yeah. TV. There yeah. were several, but there was one in particular who is still sitting in jail. Yeah. Whereas the girl who stole the laptop <laughs> tried to sell it to Russia, mm-hmm. which I couldn't sell something to Russia, could you? <laughs> but tried to sell it to Russia, and they know that she she's walking around. Yeah, she's at home. She's yeah. at the house. At the house, eating top ramen right now. Right, and he's, yeah. and he's still in jail. In jail, and didn't so have nothing. Yeah. Justice isn't being meted mm-hmm. out equitably there either. Yeah. So be careful who you follow. Yeah. I'm gonna say, be careful who you follow. One hundred percent. So when you saw that, the the challenge for me when when they got into the the Capitol, the challenge for me was one of my uh, a guy that I know. He was like, "Oh, those guys are." Uh, BLM, you know, acting like um, Proud Boys, Antifa. There you go, Antifa. And it was like, dude, they don't have on a mask, and they on social media saying like giving <laughs> information and updating you. Like that's different. Like I can understand they had masks and just like creeping around, but like they was on their own. Walking around all full face, yeah, full face with all of their forty-five regalia. Yes, um, that was not Antifa. <laughs> like, and then the FBI came out and said no. Yeah. It wasn't Antifa. And they're still trying to say, because I got to tell you, it's hard when you find out you're wrong. <laughs> so they're still trying to hang on to, because those are the people that I supported. I can't yeah. believe that they would mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. So it can't be my people. It yeah. has to be Antifa, yeah. the socialists, the fascists. Right. No, no, that was your people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a hard pill to swallow. And where do you move from that to where... You was rooting for him, you know, at one point in time. But then when it went too far, he's like, oh, no, wait, no, no, I'm not down with that. And to be called out on that. And so I know it is a tough time for a lot of people who really believed mm-hmm. 
that, really you know, President Trump, I mean, which was the election. That's what the election is for, to give that opportunity for everybody to vote, you know. So and for the lie to continue and saying that, you know, he won the election is just not true, you know. And and, and so I do want to ask you this question. Once you heard President Trump, you know, calling um the attorney general for uh is it georgia for georgia yeah like how when you heard that come out on tape like what was your thoughts i want to say i was surprised but i wasn't yeah right because he he does his dirt in the light yeah right oh ooh, yeah you know and so it was it was disappointing um i'm i'm proud of the georgia official who Stood up. No, sir. Mm-hmm. That's not true. No, yeah. sir. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, I was proud of I, I was proud of him because that shows that that our election process um, is impenetrable. Our election process is fair mm-hmm. and it's open, mm-hmm. and that that man had integrity. Yeah. And that man was a, a Republican. Yeah. So yeah. back on record as me not hating our Republicans. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that that yeah, man was, but, sure. but his integrity was more important. Yeah. Than, than kissing up to a man. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm proud of him. Yeah. So I want to say, you know, I want to stay on the positive. Yeah. I'm proud of him yeah, yeah, yeah. for standing up in his integrity. Yeah. Um, disappointed yeah. that a, um, the president did it, and b that people still followed him. Yeah. After they after knew that, yeah. that he tried to interfere with the process. Yeah. And there are people still saying that he didn't try to interfere. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we have it on tape. Yeah. Yeah. It's on tape, and it's been. There's a transcript, so even if you can't hear, mm-hmm. you can read it. You can read it. Yeah. You can read it. Yeah. And it was a Republican telling him no. Yeah. Wow. It was a Republican telling him wow. no. And um, there are also, I, to my knowledge, at the moment, I know Mitt Romney was another one, like from the beginning, that he just did not stand with the president. And I always like, you know, I always respected people that just don't always go in the pathway, just follow everything. And Mitt Romney stood up from day one. He's like. Ah man, like you not you not the truth. <laughs> so what what's your thoughts on Mitt Romney and people that have stood up during this time? Because it could be a tough time for people Republicans to be like, no, nah, we're not riding with Trump no more. Like, I am not a Mitt Romney fan, mm-hmm. but um, again, this is about integrity, mm-hmm. right? He he stood up for what was right, and he he wasn't being gaslit. He mm-hmm. he was like, no, mm-hmm. our our process is fair. Yeah. There, there, there was, you know, there wasn't uh, enough fraud to sway the election, and we need to stop playing. Yeah. And, and you know, I felt like he was reading my soul <laughs> when he got up at the impeachment trial and yeah. he said, "The best thing we can do for our constituents is to tell them the truth." Mm, yeah, I saw that. You know, we need to tell them the truth. And I was like, "Has he been reading my Facebook?" <laughs> um, but, but that's really it. Yeah. He, he said, "Let's stop with the lie." Yeah. This man um, incited a. You know, because think of, he incited a rec, uh, insurrection. Think about this. They were at work, mm-hmm. having to hide in dark rooms under tables, under boxes. Yeah. While people were hollering out their name, yeah. threatening to harm them. Yeah. While people were down the hall actually being harmed. Mm-hmm. While one one woman who had no business being there, but one woman lost her life. Yeah. And five other people did too. Yeah. While they were hiding, and they just got up and went to work. Yeah. And what amazes me is how do you hang on to that after that? Mm-hmm. You know, True. you knew you were lying. True. You know, everybody wants to give Lane for credit. Yeah. Cause he knew, but for me, I'm saying you knew you were lying when you were getting up, ready, getting up there ready to dispute the vote. Yeah. You knew you were lying. Yeah. And you only came to the truth because your life was threatened. Yeah. But okay, at yeah. least you came to the truth now. Mm-hmm. He still gets no pass. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let's talk about passes real quick because now, like, I feel like for some, you know, the 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 line is drawn in the sand to where you can see the people that are just running with a lie and running with the truth. So, you know. You, I mean, it really is. I look at it now as like the truth versus a lie. You know what I mean? That's, that's all it is. Like now it's just to that point, you know, and, and you, some people were taught integrity. Some people got away with a lot, you know, and they're still getting, getting away with a lot during this time. And, you know, the side of truth, the side of truth. Talk about a, the side of truth for you and how we can open that up for everyone. So him sending him being Senator Langford mm-hmm. sending his non-apology apology and I will forever call it that mm-hmm. um, to his friends in North Tulsa, yeah, had nothing to do with the truth. Mm-hmm. It was everything to do with a his future election and b how much he wants to be involved in all of the commemoration activities this summer mm. and i don't know that i can can be, be convinced otherwise yeah yeah true what did, what do you think the benefit is for like senator langford to be a part of this commission like what do you think the benefit is for him just to be around the homies like <laughs> <laughs> i would respect that more but no i mean think about this okay all eyes are going to be on greenwood i agree we are going to have so many um national international there's just there's going to be so mm-hmm. much activity mm-hmm. and if he's on that commission he gets to be in the middle of it mm-hmm. he gets to have secret side negotiations with all of the players yeah and um in politics True. in politics that's what it is you need to you need to build these relationships yeah. so he's trying to build all these relationships and he and he needs the black vote yeah yeah. So if you see him sitting up there, part of introducing this and sitting on the dais for that, mm-hmm. you think he's down with us. Yeah, yeah. He is not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. He is not. And he he for sure isn't down with me. Yeah. Because I don't live in North Tulsa. And his non-apology apology uh, was aimed at his friends in North Tulsa. Yeah, homies, yeah. What about the folks that you tried to disenfranchise in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. in Detroit, mm-hmm. in Georgia? Mm-hmm. What about What about those folks? Mm-hmm. Like I know folks there. Right. You try to disenfranchise my friends, friends vote. Yeah. Cut that out. Yeah. So no, you get no pass. Where's your accountability? Mm-hmm. Where's your real apology? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And w- are you willing to do the work? Yeah. Sit down with Oklahoma's congressional delegation and say, okay, guys, let's agree we're going to stop with the big lie. Because mm-hmm. right now he's the leader of that pack. Mm. He's the leader of that pack. He's not having conversations with them as he should. He's not doing the things. Like if you were in a relationship, if you were dating James Langford. Mm-hmm. He couldn't just say apology off off the back of his shoulder yeah. and keep walking, and yeah. you say, "Okay, uh, honey." All right. Yeah. No, you're like, what That's are true. you apologizing for? And I need to see you doing something to fix the thing you broke. That's true. And that non-apology apology does not count. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, uh, Alicia, tell people how they can connect with you, how they can get involved in the political process. So if you want to be a precinct officer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, precinct elections are March 11th. In order to get involved in that, go out to TulsaCountyDems.org and uh, sign up. You'll get the information on how you can participate in that. Reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. If your Facebook profile is not a picture of you, I'm not friending you. Um, (laughs) No dogs. No dogs, no, no flowers, yeah, no prairies. Yeah. Um, but if you want to reach out to me, have a conversation, yeah. call the party. It's at 405-427-3366. They'll, they'll patch it in to me. I, I'm not going to put my cell phone out here on the radio. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. you know, if, if I figure out you're not a creep, I'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be creepy out there, y'all. Like, be cool. 
be cool, man. All right, uh, and uh, one more time, uh, how people, what what Facebook page should they go follow as far as the democratic process and the team in Oklahoma? So our website is okdemocrats.org. Yes. We're on Facebook. It's uh, OK Democrats. We're on Twitter. OK Democrats. Um, I am Alicia ODP on Twitter. Um, follow us. Uh, keep in touch. Reach out. Um, we're doing all kinds of things, and we're trying to get people involved directly. Yes, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it's my first time like sitting down with you. I wish we had coffee or tea or something. We would really be spilling the tea right now. I love this. So thank you so, so much. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. So this is the box. Right Never do that to me. 